0: I've got an amazing guest speaker on today, Masha K. Masha is a nervous system and breathwork coach who helps high achievers learn to uplevel their lives and careers by breaking out of the endless and toxic cycle of perfectionism, overworking, chronic stress, and burnout. This allows them to tap into their full potential so they can not only achieve success, but also actually enjoy it. Through a unique combination of psychology, neuroscience, and spirituality, Masha supports, guides, and educates individuals, teams, and corporations. So with all of that being said, I am so excited to introduce you all today to Masha. Masha, thank you so much for being with us. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm actually so excited to do this.
0: It's gonna be a fun time. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, which is probably most of you at this point, Masha and I know each other from being a part of a mastermind this year. And it's been a couple of months. She's incredible. In addition to all of the accolades that I've already read out, she is just this like really beautiful light of a human being creature. So I knew that like, There's going to be so much goodness coming on today's episode, so I'm so excited.
1: Thank you so much. That is the sweetest intro ever. I so appreciate that.
0: (laughs) All right, so we are going to just dig right on in. Yeah. Before we get into the the nervous system regulation, the breath work, all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to find this work. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's always an interesting question because when I start to think about like, where do I even begin? Because getting to this point and getting into this work is really just like my own personal journey and my own process, which started way back when. And so I guess my personal journey with this really starts with me working in corporate. Um, so my background originally, what I went to school for is not in any of this. In fact, I would say it's 180 degrees the other direction. So I went to school for actuarial science and economics. Um, I did an internship as an actuary, got my full-time position. And so that's where I was starting out my career. And I was like a year, maybe two years in at this point. And I just remember sitting there and being like, this can't be it. Like this can't be it. And everyone around me was so excited and they loved what they did and they wanted to talk about it. I'm like, wait, you're really interested in this? I just couldn't understand it. And they're talking about retirement and being there 50 years. And I'm like, that's my worst nightmare. And so I had this kind of like, I mean, so stereotypical, I had a quarterly crisis, basically. And I was like, what am I doing here? I had never considered another career path. I knew that I was doing that from day one of college, straight A student. I'm like, wait, I don't know anything else. I know math. I'm good at math. Um, I tutored math for many years. And so i guess my journey to getting here really began there when i realized i'm miserable and i really had no way out because that was like the skills that i had or at least what i thought were my gifts and my strengths and so at that point i just kind of went on a little bit of like a self-healing self-love journey of like okay where do i start feeling better and like the most accessible thing i could think of was like okay i could start eating better and exercising And so I just started doing that. And the more I did that, I'm like, Oh, I'm really curious about that. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I like studying. So I'm like, let me, you know, learn about it. Let me take some classes some certifications. I'm like, Oh, I love holistic health. And I start learning about that for the sake of like eating um, and exercise. And as you start doing that, you're like, wait, there's a connection to the mind and the body. There's something more here. So now you're kind of moving into the, mental health component of it. You're like, okay, that's important mindset, right? And then you go into that and you're like, wait, your mindset depends on your emotional health. And so now you're like, wait, I need to understand what emotional health is. And that leads you to spirituality. And so it was this just like natural progression that was happening. And I realized, okay, I need to leave this job, but I just, I don't know what else to do. So I just really went to another corporate job that was an actuarial, was more financed, really relaxed, um, continued getting certifications for myself, really for no one else, just Again, I just didn't know where else to go, so I'm like, "Hey, I just need to make myself feel as good as possible with things that I could control." And so I started doing that. In the midst of that, I decided I want to move to California and kind of start over. I'm from New York, so You're like, I'm these going minutes. all in on this.
0: I'm going all in, and like
1: to be fair, this is like a span of five years. I think sometimes people are like, "Oh, you did this in a year." It's like, no, it's like five years of being confused mm-hmm. and lost and all of this. Um, and so, yeah, and I moved to California. I'm like, okay, maybe this move will help me. And it did, because I don't think New York is is for me. Um, the energy is kind of a lot from my perfectionism and my nervous system, I realized. And so in that move, again, I had kind of these breakthrough moments um, We're like, wait, maybe I could actually make this into a career. Like, I'm feeling so much better. I've been able to make these changes in my life that like seemed completely impossible five years ago. And so that's when I started getting into coaching and really focusing like holistic health, which is what my journey had been up until that point. Um, And once I started doing that and working with clients slowly, and then actually leaving my job, I recognized that the kind of people I was working with, they had very similar issues. The thing that was standing in the way of their holistic health, you know, like they were coming to me with the usual issues. I want to eat better. I want to lose a few pounds. I want to exercise more. And then when we were really starting to get into it, like, okay, what's the real issue and, and what needs to be done or what's standing in the way of that we were starting to find over and over it's stress. Um, It's managing stress. It's all these conflicting priorities, responsibility, overworking, overachieving, and that being a pattern since childhood. And so at that point, I realized it was really the nervous system and I have been working on my own nervous system, you know, knowing that like being a recovering perfectionist and having some tendencies for overachieving, I'm like, wait, I think this is the tools my clients needs. And so then getting more certifications, more trainings in that. And at the same time, I was curious about spirituality. So I was, again, exploring that purely for myself and that I accidentally discovered breath work literally went to an event. I won tickets to this event from like three different places. And I get there and they sign me up for a class that I didn't sign up for and it's breath work. And I've never heard of it. Um, and it was life-changing and yeah, so that's how all those like different pieces came to be the holistic health, the nervous system stuff, breath work. I don't know. I don't know if that explains your question at all, or if I just went in 20 different directions.
0: (laughs) No, I, it absolutely does. And it, it's one of those things where like, you know, I, I'm i assuming that you have a very similar belief that people are put in your life for a reason. And like so many different parts of your story, even going back to like, I have BS's in econ and finance and like... I had no idea. Econ was my baby of like, I'm going to change the world through economic development, which has totally changed, but kind of gone back to it. And then when you were saying the, the random class that you got signed up for with the breathwork, like, yes, random stuff happens all the time, but really how random is it that yes. like somewhere, something new that that was going to help you continue, continue that journey?
1: 1000%. It's so true. And like, it all felt so random throughout, but it was really all these pieces kind of fitting together. And, and to this day, like you said, like, You're kind of coming back to, like, a little bit of the econ component, and I feel like myself coming back to a little bit of my roots of, corp. like, all these little things are, like, even tying back to this day, if
0: that makes sense. And so I know we're here to talk about breathwork, nervous system regulation, but you said something, you said two things throughout all of that where I want to ask, like, your thoughts on so you said it was a five-year process and it was a lot of being confused and lost and trying to figure shit out while still like maintaining that you are a human being living on planet earth and there are responsibilities that you have to yourself and also later on in the in the answer you were saying that overachievers and for me I used to wear overachievers, like a badge of honor of like, I am so good. I am doing all the things when in reality, like that's not a sign of goodness. Like that's a lot. So how did you, how did you sit with the uncomfortability of, holy shit, this is years in the making. Yes, I'm doing all these certifications. Yes, I'm learning and growing but like, I'm still lost. I'm still confused by it.
1: Yeah, that's actually such a good question. It's a good question, because I don't know if I ever thought of it that way. And I think that was the most challenging part of the journey, right? Because it wasn't necessarily, like I still had a a good job, like everything was getting paid. You know what I mean? It was pretty gradual. And I actually think I was talking to someone recently who had pointed out, like, it seems like your transition was so smooth. Like, you know, you were an overachiever your whole life. You did everything right. And then you decided one day you're like, you're going to change your life. And you did it. And like, that's how it seemed from the outside to her. She had known me for a really long time. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Cause that's not how it felt. Mm-hmm. And I think you're pointing out what felt so on un- like, unimaginably painful was the perfectionism of mm-hmm. I'm not moving fast enough. And why don't I know when the, Oh, I can't overachieve here. And I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough or I constantly feel like there's new layers to explore. Right. And like that usual, like dopamine hit that, you know, we overachievers get, like I wasn't getting throughout this whole journey, which made it so incredibly difficult. Um, and, and, but your question is like, how did you do it? And, you know, a couple of things. I do think pretty early on, when I had that like breakdown, like my quarter life crisis, I did recognize that my biggest problem was the overachieving. Like, I didn't have the nervous system science to back up that mm. overachieving is a trauma response and all of that. But I was recognizing, like, wait, my whole life, I wasn't making decisions based on what I wanted or who I was. Person. I was making decisions based on other people and what they wanted what they found impressive and as quickly as possible to get to this end point as quickly as possible of like this like life that looks perfect on paper. And like I pretty quickly realized like that was the problem. I, ha- I have no idea who I am. I didn't develop that. I just based my worth based on what other people saw it as like valuable and impressive. And I did everything to do that. And so like, I kind of understood early on that in order to move forward, I'm going to have to break out of that. And I'm going to have to do a lot of things that make me question my identity and my worth and make me kind of like see myself differently. And in the process, that's going to feel like a breakdown. And I think having that understanding really did give like some comfort to me of like, Yes, this is painful, but it's painful because I'm starting to get to know myself. It's painful because I'm starting to break out of this pattern of perfectionism and overachieving. That although it seemed like it moved me forward, it actually got me here to this point where I achieved seemingly a lot, but feel worse than ever, feel more Mm. empty than ever. Yeah. Um, And so I think that realization really did help. It didn't make it any less painful or confusing because, like, now looking back, I could just see how I was just like clinging to like, I need to find an answer. Like it was for years. It was just me Mm -hmm. like obsessing. I need an answer. I need an answer now. And probably what I needed to do was like go inward. And luckily like life slowed me down. I didn't always get the answer and I had to sit with the discomfort and I just had to take gradual steps forward. Um, One other thing I would say is I think like support was really important for me personally, because I have the perfectionism. I would say I also have some avoidant tendencies for anyone who loves attachment theory. And so I'm like a little counter dependent. Like I don't want, I need to do everything on my own. That also gives Mm. me a sense of worth. And so again, figuring out along that journey of like, maybe part of the reason I'm stuck is the perfectionism. And so I need to kind of directly move against it, right? If the thing keeping me trapped is having to be perfect, I need to push myself to not be perfect and to mess up and be confused. Um, And then recognizing like, And I also never get support and I tend to do things alone and maybe I need to push myself to get support. So I think support was also really important along that journey, especially at the point where I'm like, that's it. I need to quit my job. I need to do this. But being like, I don't know how, I don't know if I can, Mm. like, I'm so grateful that something in me clicked and was like, go get a coach, go get some support. Um, Because I don't think I would have been able to do it without that. Like I needed that feeling of like being held and supported.
0: When you said, you're like, I can't overachieve here. That hit home so hard. (laughs) Whether whether it's entrepreneur life or, or, you know, regular, you're not an entrepreneur. You can't rush this stuff. You can't overachieve when it comes to finding out who you are and finding that identity piece. And that might be the most uncomfortable piece of it. Cause you're like, but I'm doing all the things that I normally do. I I'm learning and I'm studying and I'm, I'm pushing myself ahead, but like, bitch, it's not working yet. Why is
1: it not working yet? Yeah. It's funny. Even you said that back to me and I'm like, oh, that's true. Like still I can't overachieve at any of it. <laughs> And that's still the part that's the most comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. So true to this day. Like, that's
0: the biggest rub of all of like, I love it, right? We obviously love what we do and the growth and the messiness of it. But like, sometimes if it was just like a little bit, like you gold star, here you go. But it's like, nope, here's another lesson. Keep going.
1: (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. It is so incredibly true and I will say like to even add to that like you I don't know if you've had the same experience like I work with a lot of clients who struggle with the same thing with like perfectionism and overachieving but it's like when they're not getting the results and they're getting frustrated mm-hmm. it's like no, no 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 it's your perfectionism like right now in this moment the reason it's not working is because it's your perfectionism running the show and not your higher self, whatever you want to call it, like the true desire for whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's always the perfectionism coming in, like that moment where you're like, oh, I just wish I could get a hit. I can get that dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 that's the problem. You're looking for the dopamine hit. Like, No, no, pull back.
0: The dopamine is in, as cliche as this is, it's in the journey. It's in the being uncomfortable and being able to set yourself outside of it and being like, oh, this,
1: this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's sustainable Mm -hmm. kind of dopamine. It's so true. And then like how our perfectionism shows up in all the parts always, and we have to keep kind of keeping it in check. It's a struggle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one ever said it was going to be easy, but damn, sometimes it's harder than we expect. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it sounds like, I'm not going to say you didn't have the tools, but at the time you didn't have the tools because you were learning them and kind of cultivating for yourself of what you needed. And I think that's something you do it so well that you, yes, you work mostly with high achieving professionals, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, but this really is a a human skill that we should all have. So before we get into like, the how and the practical application like what in as as simply as you can because I'm sure there's much more to it but like what is nervous system regulation at when we're going to be talking about throughout the rest of this episode what do we mean by that when you mentioned before like I didn't have my nervous system in check what does
1: that look like yeah so where to begin um, so first of all, I guess I'll just say very quickly, like, what is your nervous system to understand? Like, what is a regulated nervous system? Perfect. Right. And so like your nervous system is really your body's alarm system. And it's kind of activating in response to cues of danger or cues of safety. Right. And so your nervous system is constantly like looking for cues of safety or cues or danger in your environment and trying to activate accordingly right? But your nervous system, despite being incredibly brilliant and being totally customized to your lived experience, which is where trauma and conditioning comes in, right? It's actually incredibly brilliant. It's um, not very accurate, right? And so it's often responding to things that are a similar to your past or traumas or painful experiences, or it's responding to things in your environment that it thinks are tigers, but are, it's really not because your nervous system is Pretty primitive in a way, right? Like its only concern is to keep you safe and not just to keep you safe long term, like to keep you alive for another minute, very short term. It's not there to keep you happy or healthy or any of these other things. It's simply there to keep you alive for another minute. And so it's constantly looking for potential threats, right? But the problem with that is, it's not exactly a problem, but your nervous system thinks threat or danger is any change, any uncertainty, any isolation, right? Cause again, it's primitive. It's concerned about you surviving another day. And when you were a caveman, change, uncertainty, isolation, those are really dangerous to you or anything that happened in your past that might something similar might be happening now. That was dangerous then, right? That might be a threat to your survival. And so your nervous system to this day is getting activated by change, by uncertainty, by isolation. And the problem is that in today's world, you know, there are no tigers, hopefully, if you're lucky, your physical safety is relatively safe, but your nervous system is still getting triggered because every time you try to grow, every time you try to step into a new level in your life, in your business, in your relationship, your nervous system's freaking out because there's change, there's uncertainty. And so it responds by going into a survival mode, right? Right. And we have two different survival modes and it goes into one or the other. One is, you know, the typical one fight or flight that we know, a state of mobilization, a state of staying safe through action. And the other one is staying safe through immobilization, through shutting down. So we have these two kind of responses when our nervous system is triggered. And so your nervous system is reacting that way all the time. um, But you may not realize why this is happening because again, it's not created for the modern world. So that email from your boss right? It's triggering your nervous system. Your nervous system thinks there's a tiger. And so it's going into an appropriate response. What it thinks is an appropriate response, a survival response. One of those two that I mentioned, um, and you're feeling that in your body. And so this is a survival response and this is what we call dysregulation. Okay. Right. So your nervous system going into this survival state. Um, and a lot of us are living in these survival states, because again, we're not created for this world. Our nervous systems were not created for the modern world. It's really relatively new relative to our nervous system. And so our nervous systems are getting dysregulated all the time by too much stimulation, by emails, by all of these things that we're doing to grow, to change, to try to, you know, step into the lives that we dream of. Um, And we're not recognizing that. And then that's compromising our, actually our ability to respond effectively, our body's ability to heal, all the things are being compromised, but we don't know it because it seems normal. It's like, yeah, well, I'm a little stressed. That's the big deal? Um, yeah, does that make sense? I said a lot there. We might need to write that down.
0: <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I had this image of one of my former bosses. Anytime that they would send me an email, I'd like just physically just cringe And Mm -hmm. so when you were saying like the tiger, I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see her have been like being a tiger in that. And I'm like, oh, I just, I'm so afraid. And it was so uncomfortable that like, that was just, I feel like a fun metaphor in that it kind of put it in perspective of this is an email, but it's pushing me so far outside of like, I could be, you know, flying on a cloud nine and then she'd send me an email and I would drop back down into this like am i getting fired like and i you know i was doing great at my job but it would send me right down the spiral so that's also crazy to me to think that like it's the 21st century and our our nervous systems haven't caught up and i don't want to like lead us down a whole different rant or anything but is our collectively is our nervous system changing like is it adapting or will we stay in this kind of primitive survival mode i think we're just
1: so early on in the process okay will it adapt over thousands if not millions of years probably but we're like 200 (laughs) years in do you know what i mean like 100 years and really 20 if you consider like the growth that we've experienced 20 30 years like since we were kids you know how much extra stimulation the nervous system is getting
0: true All all the goodness like I got a computer in fifth grade. We didn't have, we had dial up AOL cranky modem until college. Like, we didn't have this kind of constant, you're doing things wrong, comparisonitis. What are they
1: doing? Everyone could reach you all the time. Your boss could always reach out to clients. You know, like, yeah, our nervous systems were not created. And like, it's really over the last like hundred years um, oh that this all changed. So yeah, but what you described was such a great example of like your nervous system getting dysregulated and like feeling that shift.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: that's so important. Um, But also thinking about like how many of us are living in a dysregulated state, but don't know it, especially those of us that are high achievers, Mm -hmm. overachievers, entrepreneurs, who just there's constantly something going wrong. There's constantly change. You constantly have to adapt. And so we're kind of just living in this like chronic low level Stress or like the survival state, but not realizing and thinking, This is normal, this is just me being productive.
0: And then, Adam, and you spoke about it already about like shifting into spirituality. And I love also, by the way, when you were just dis- like telling us about your journey, you're like, And then it went this way, and then it went th-. like, I just love that. That was awesome. Um, but then for those of us who went from very corporate, very by the book, very, probably very traditional beliefs into kind of more spiritual, We're open to all the weirdness and like, it's going to be what it is. Trying to balance that there is constant change in your offers or your pricing or your messaging or how people are reacting to you is, it could be so easy. Like I can see how easy it is to live in that constant dysregulated space
1: exactly and like think it's completely normal Mm -hmm. you know and and you're so right like I think being an entrepreneur you see it so much more like at least I noticed it myself even more like I think I was dysregulated for a long time before I just didn't have the words for it maybe that dysregulation was a little bit of like I'm not living in my truth and I'm not taking care of myself and I'm always like achieving and doing and staying busy Um, but in a business it's a little different because you're constantly stepping outside of your comfort zone and I think that's Also like an interesting thing to think about with the nervous system that, again, the nervous system is incredible for keeping you safe. And the nervous system safety is familiarity, keep Mm -hmm. you exactly where you are. As long as you're in a familiar environment, you're much safer than in a new unfamiliar environment, right? And so every time we try to grow or change something, our nervous system does get a little bit dysregulated. And that's actually not a bad thing right? Like our nervous system is mobilizing. Every time you step outside of your comfort zone, there will be that dysregulation. Um, It's just, as entrepreneurs, that's always happening. So does that mean we're always dysregulated? What is the cost of always being dysregulated? Because it's actually really, really high on every level. So you've painted,
0: I want to come back to that point in a second. You've painted very clearly I think for all of us of what dysregulation looks like. And you, you like got the question before I even said it of you're always going to have that like little hit of dysregulation as you're constantly pushing the boundaries. So what is regulated look like then if we're always going to have these, these moments of dysregulation?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And so Sometimes I feel like we use that word kind of like in two different ways. On one hand, regulated means not in a survival state, right? So like I mentioned, we have these two survival states that we go into. And then the third state is a state of safety. And that's where our nervous systems are. Sometimes we say that's regulated. They're in equilibrium. We're present. We're creating. Our prefrontal cortex is working. Executive functioning is on all these like incredible, beautiful things about being a human. And like the gifts that you have are really accessible to us when we're in this state of safety. So that's us being regulated. But I also think like a healthy nervous system or a regulated nervous system is not just one that's perfectly in this state of safety because, well, we need those survival states. They mobilize, they give us energy, they protect us. Like they're not bad. It's just getting stuck in them. That's bad. And so actually like a healthy nervous system is one where we can move in and out of these states without getting stuck in one. And so the problem isn't you going into a dysregulated state, like let's say that email with your boss, Uh, of course it's really crappy that you had to get triggered because that must've meant there was some negative experiences, whether it's with this boss or in corporate that your nervous system remembers and it's like, oh shit, this is bad, this is bad, right? The past is being projected onto the present. So that's not ideal, it's not great, right? Mm But if you went into that state, you felt that dysregulation, you acknowledged it, and then in you know, 20 minutes you were able to move out of it and go back to being on cloud nine, like you said, and like everything's okay, I'm okay doing the work. That's actually not a huge deal, right? Okay. Because you were able to kind of regulate out of it. It's when you get stuck in that and your thoughts spiral or you're in that for extended periods of time that it really becomes a problem.
0: That I think probably summed it up the best I've like had it explained to me or like read through a couple of articles or books or things like that of it's not, it's almost like the, the balance that we all think of, right? And I know none of you can see our hand gestures, um, but we think of the balance as like the scale that doesn't actually exist. It's, it's that fluid going in and out of it. That makes so much sense the way you described it.
1: It's the flexibility. That's how we like to say it. A flexible Ooh. nervous system is a healthy nervous system. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. So the imagery, like, um, so I, I use polyvagal theory. That's what all of this is based on. And we often show the nervous system as a ladder with three distinct um, states. Okay. And we move up and down these states, up and down the ladder. We don't skip steps. And so a flexible nervous system is one where you can move up and down the ladder without getting stuck anywhere.
0: Interesting. Okay. With, again, I'm going to try my best to keep us on track here, but I feel like this could go (laughs) off a thousand different ways. Can you touch on briefly for us, like what polyvagal theory is and how that kind of, I guess is the root of the nervous system regulation.
1: Yeah. I think understanding polyvagal theory, like it's, the number one thing I do with every single client explaining it to this, because I, I think it's a great visual and it's, yes, it's a theory and it's science, but you can really understand how it applies in the body. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why I always like to give that information. So what polyvagal theory is, it was created by Stephen Porges and the information that it kind of gave us, it's built on this idea. We have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic nervous system, right? Yes. But it's, there is also this hierarchy and there's two different parasympathetic states. And so, Let's kind of put that on hold and kind of talk about his theory um what polyvagal theory is and so it says that there's these three distinct states which i already mentioned mm-hmm. two of them are survival states one is a state of safety right and so i'll just really briefly i mentioned again what those two survival states are because again this is what his work really opened up for me understanding wait there's two survival states we we often just think there's one there's just fight or flight
0: mm-hmm. right
1: but there's actually a second survival state so fight or flight. And in polyvagal, they would call it sympathetic. Uh, it's when you have mobilizing energy, your body thinks there's, there's a threat, thinks there's a tiger and all this mobilizing energy floods your body to help you fight or flee from this tiger. And it's really amazing, right? The organ systems that are not needed turn off, like your immune system, your reproductive organs, um, your metabolism it shuts down to like 50% when oh you're my- in the state. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I remember I was saying there's a high cost of dysregulation. It's like in the moment of dysregulation, your body's brilliant. It's like, okay, she might die right now. Cause we think there's a tiger. You're nervous and fully believes. So what do we do to make her survive? And so our heart rate speeds up. Our breath becomes a little bit more shallow. We get a lot of blood flow to our muscles. So if you've ever been stressed and you started, I, I do this, yes. <laughs> my shoulders start moving. Yes. It's because there's blood flow going to your muscles because your body thinks it's going to fight. It's going to run. but we're not doing that. We're sitting at our desks. And so this starts happening. I'm sorry. I know I'm showing something. Your (laughs) shoulders move towards your ears and there's a lot of tension in your shoulders and your back. Um, what else happens? And so, yeah, your organ systems that are not going to be useful in you surviving this tiger start to shut. You don't need to digest your meal. Mm -hmm. You don't need to think about reproduction. You don't, you don't need an immune system in this moment to survive one more second. We need that energy moving to keeping you alive right? You get kind of a tunnel vision, you kind of lose your peripheral vision a little bit. So if you've ever been really focused, you've probably noticed that, right? So your body's all mobilizing to to help you. And so that's that first state of um, survival, sympathetic, all this mobilizing energy, your body wants to release it and do something. Now, the second state is it's like you use that analogy with the tiger, and you run from this tiger, there was really a tiger, you flee, you try your best, but you still get caught by the tiger. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, what happens now is your nervous system will go into the second survival state, which is called dorsal. It's all the way at the bottom of the ladder, which I'll come back to. It's called dorsal vagal. And here it's staying safe through immobilization. through shutting down. So you know how animals play dead. Mm -hmm. Same thing. So your body's like, okay, in order to survive, what can we do? Let's play dead. Right. Because if I play dead, there's a chance that that tiger will drop me and I could run away. Or if I'm going to die right now, I don't want to feel the pain. And so when we're in dorsal, we are often kind of leave our body. So if you've ever heard people talk about traumatic experiences where it's like, I wasn't in my body, Mm -hmm. that's dorsal. So we disconnect from our emotions, from sensations in the body. Um, Our breath gets really shallow, our heartbeat slows up. It's like we're conserving energy. We are conserving energy. Our body is like shutting down. Um, And so this is the second way that our nervous system keeps us safe through this like shutdown response. And like, I think sometimes when I explain this, people are like, Oh, okay. Like, no, I don't go here almost ever because I don't have intense trauma. But like, did you ever lose a few hours on Instagram or TikTok? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I lost sense of time. I didn't feel, was I breathing? Like that's you going into a little bit of that dorsal or at night when you're just like, I can't do anything. I have no energy. Like don't, I can't speak to anybody and you just want to like zone out and numb yourself. That's your body going into dorsal of, like, keeping you safe. It's kind of like pulling the emergency brake, especially if we tend to be, like, overworking and overdoing and overachieving. It's also your body's, like, emergency brake of, like, too much. We need to shut down. We need to conserve some energy because you can't keep going at this rate. Um,
0: So that's the second survival state.
1: But,
0: like, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No. But the – I, I'm glad you gave the examples because I'm thinking through and I'm like, I don't know if I've ever played dead, but I have 100% almost flicked off my emotions to be like, I I have to deal with all the overachieving, all the things I want to do. I can't handle the emotional side of it. So for me, I feel like personally, I just lived for most of most of my life in that probably dorsal stage of we're just... We're just going to shut them off. We're just not going to deal with it. We're going to tamp it down. We're not like, it is yeah. what it is. We're just going to keep doing the things we have to do. And
1: I never there, would have yeah. put it like that. That's a good point. And like um, another good example, of like where we all probably have experienced a little bit of dorsal is even like procrastination. Ooh. So okay. that's you kind of shutting down.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So your
1: nervous system, you're procrastinating, not because you're lazy, you're procrastinating because your nervous system believes that whatever you're about to do is going to be really exhausting, really difficult, really painful. And so it's trying to prevent you from doing that by shutting down.
0: Light bulb. Yeah. That makes so much more sense now because, and, and we'll get to at the end, like how to connect with Masha and how to get more of her in your life. But you put so many posts out on Instagram of like, busyness is not a, a sign of success or anything like that and procrastination and you kind of just made it click a little bit more for me of hmm. it's it's not a sign of laziness and as much as we talk about like rest is productive and rest is great it doesn't feel like that as an overachiever it doesn't feel like it's productive but when you then go in and put it like this is very much your survival tactic that like kind of settled the pieces in a little bit okay
1: I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I think like that dorsal response did open my eyes a little bit of like, oh, this is happening. I'm just not really understanding what's happening. I'm shutting down. Mm-hmm. And so to add a little bit more onto this, right? So that's a second survival response that we go into like shut down, right? Which is like long-term, that's depression. Just like long-term and sympathetic, if you're stuck and sympathetic, that's anxiety disorder. Okay. So the third state is that state of safety. Connection, like I mentioned before, ventral vagal. And so now, again, what polyvagal theory kind of added to our understanding is like, imagine these three states like in a ladder with dorsal all the way at the bottom, then sympathetic, then ventral at the top. And so we move through these states like we move up and down a the ladder. There's a hierarchy, meaning you start out in ventral, you're walking down the street, everything is great, you're thinking long-term, imagining you're creative, you're connecting with your loved ones. And then you hear something in the bushes, right? And your nervous system picks up on a threat and there's that tiger. And so now you kind of take one step down, you're in sympathetic, your whole body's mobilizing to help you deal with this threat. Things that aren't necessary are shutting down. By the way, what I didn't mention is this might, this is interesting for entrepreneurs is your prefrontal cortex doesn't work properly when you're in a survival state, meaning your ability to think long-term, your ability to be creative, your executive functioning is all shutting down because if you're running from a tiger, there's no use in you thinking about tomorrow. There's no use in you imagining your goals. There's no use in you being creative. You need very linear thinking. It's very mm-hmm. survival. So all those things that you want as an entrepreneur, they're not accessible to you when you're in that sympathetic state.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay. Nice little dig there of connect. Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) So that's you and sympathetic right now. Like that tiger catches you. You move one step down. Now you're a dorsal. And now again, hopefully that tiger dropped you because you were playing dead. Mm -hmm. And so now you go back one step up. You're back in sympathetic. All that energy that has collapsed when you were in dorsal is back up. You're mobilizing, you're running, you're getting away. Um And then once you're at safety, you're back in ventral. So you're moving up and down this ladder. And we do that in small ways in day-to-day life. Like, again, that email from your boss. You might be totally fine in ventral. Then the email comes in. You feel all that activation in your body. And then maybe you sit with it for two minutes and you're like, that's it. I can't do the job anymore. Like, I, I just can't do this anymore. This is pointless. I'm never... Right, And you might have that dorsal moment. It might be five seconds. It might be two hours of staring at the wall, which I used to have a lot of my corporate job. Like, well, what am I doing here? Again, now I realize that was me in dorsal mm-hmm. being like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, and then you come back out and you're like, no, wait, get it together. You need to get this done. Reply, get shit done. Because sympathetic is also like get shit done energy. Mm-hmm. It's mobilizing. It's like, all right, let's clean up. Let's send the email. Let's do the thing. And then once you do it, you're back in ventral, hopefully. So that's what polyvagal brings us. These three states and then the hierarchy of how we move up and down through these states. And a flexible nervous system is one that moves up and down that ladder flexibly, and an unhealthy cer- nervous system is one that gets really stuck in dysregulation.
0: Okay. So I'm going to keep repeating myself. Quick possibly yeah. question before I like we go into the how do we get into the healthy and the flexible? So there's a lot from, a, if you're in like the spiritual online space, of um, mm-hmm. feel the feelings. And I, I I'm a huge proponent of like, feel the feelings, be angry, do what you need to do and get it out. Is that a healthy version of like working through getting the energy out if you're sad and depressed? Or is that allowing us? to stay in those first two rungs of the ladder.
1: Hmm. So, so I explained that well. Well, can you give me a little more information when you say feel the feelings, like literally move the anger, frustration out of your body, like get up, scream, into it's a pillow kind of thing? Or what do you mean? So say like we
0: have a, lo- a launch and yeah. we're so excited about it. We've done all this work. We're ready to go. And it completely flops. Nobody signs up. It makes no money. You can either be like, okay, that's done. Like I'm going to keep moving forward. Or you could allow yourself to like be angry for a couple of hours and be upset about it. Watch a bad movie, eat some ice cream, like allow yourself to kind of sink and sit with that, that sadness or that whatever emotion is coming up for you and kind of feed into it. Maybe, I don't know if I'm Maybe that's not the right yeah. word, but you know what it does? No, I understand. Okay.
1: That, that actually makes complete sense. And you're saying like, is that potentially bad because we're yeah. choosing to like stay in dorsal? And is that going to keep me stuck in dorsal forever exactly. kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. And so I actually don't think it's bad. Um, it's like So first of all, with the, like you said, anger, I know you gave me a different example before mm-hmm. you said anger. And let's say you are feeling a lot of anger, which is a lot of this mobilizing energy. So actually it's really great to get that energy out of your body. And that might be being angry. It might mean screaming into the pillow. It might be doing some journaling, like burning it, right? Like feeling those emotions, not ignoring them, which is actually a really great thing. Um, but even in dorsal, like, I think, I think about it like none of the States are bad. Okay. None of the States are bad. Right. And I think sometimes it's totally okay to be like, you know what, right now I want to be in this dorsal energy. Like for example, if at the end of the day, I get through the day, had a really kind of maybe stressful day. And I do get a little dorsal at night. I don't see that as this is bad. I need to get out of dorsal. I need to go back to ventral. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to stay the night in in dorsal. Mm I'm just going to let myself watch bad movies and just like chill on the couch. And that's okay. Like in a sense to me, that's like also supporting my nervous system. And if I wanted to get out of it, there are tools I can use to get out of it. I just don't think we always need to get out of it. Okay. Does that make sense? I think what I'm trying to say is the goal isn't to always be perfectly ventral, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes when we see it that way, we start to see a sympathetic and dorsal those survival states as bad, and I think that actually does more harm than good. I'm like, I can't be here. This is bad. I shouldn't be in here. So I actually think what you're saying, like feeling your emotions, is a great thing.
0: That that was really helpful. Yeah, I think it for me it comes back to like you the intention behind it, whether you are actively choosing, I'm going to be sad right now, I'm going to be whatever right now versus that's just what happens. And I think that ties in with what you were saying before about you like being that awareness and having the flexibility to go and, you know, come and go as you please.
1: Yeah, that's a really great way of putting it like it is the intention. And I think what I love about kind of understanding your nervous system through this model, or really like any model, like just deeper understanding of yourself, is I think it gives us an opportunity to kind of observe it and distance ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm a anxious person or I'm a depressed person. Or pers- it's oh, this is my nervous system in this state, and this is the state I'm in right now. Um, and maybe I could have like a little bit of like compassion for that. Like yeah, okay, I am a little bit in a dorsal state, you know, and I know when I'm in a dorsal state, like I want to watch crappy movies and. I have all these emotions and my thoughts don't go in a great direction in this state. Um, but acknowledging that and having compassion versus that's it. I I feel like crap because I am crap and I'm just going to stay here. Like there's a certain level of like compassion and understanding. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's even maybe more beneficial than trying to get out of it.
0: I like that. It's almost... Um identifying the, I liked how you said it, identifying the state, but not identifying as
1: the state. Yeah. Okay.
0: You're so good.
1: (laughs) This is so good. One thing I'll add to it that might add to the emotional part of it, Mm -hmm. um, that, like it connects with Mm this and you'll see what I mean is something we say a lot is when we talk about polyvagal theory the nervous system in general is your story follows your state. Ooh, meaning the story you have of yourself, of the world of others is a reflection of the state you're in. And the example I always give with this is like, think of an argument you have with a loved one, someone very close, someone you've had many arguments with. You could probably think of an argument you've had with them when both of you were relatively ventral, like pretty safe. And in that case, you have the argument, you disagree, but you're like, it's okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to work through this. Maybe not right now. But we'll get through this. There's a sense of hope there, and there's still a sense of connection between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have that same argument, same topic, in a sympathetic state, and the story will instantly shift to blame, defensiveness. You're the problem, I'm the problem, like me versus you, me versus the world, the world versus me. Because in sympathetic, our nervous system thinks we're being attacked. Okay. And so the story is going to follow that state. And so suddenly that argument becomes like, you're bad. I'm bad. You're a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. Like it goes in these directions, like wanting to blame someone, wanting to shame someone. Sometimes that's ourselves, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that same argument, when you have it, when you're in dorsal, it's very much, this is pointless. This is hopeless. Always, never starts to suddenly come in. I'm never going to, we're never going to be this. I'm never going to be this. I'm always this. So your story really follows your state. Same with like a situation in your business, same situation. But when you have an dorsal, it's the story of, I'm never going to get this. It's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be stuck. Um, and I say all of this because I think when you understand that, again, it gives you a little bit of distance of like, oh, I'm and My story will follow my state. And so it is probably going to be a story of hopelessness. And I could recognize that. And I could feel the emotions beneath that, but I don't necessarily need to identify with the story or believe the story.
0: That, yeah, that definitely feels very important of, you know, again, it's that awareness of, you know, what's coming, but you learn to realize that that, that's not the truth.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: You're so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So we kind of deep dove into all the, th- not all the theory, obviously, but as much of the theory. A lot as of it, quickly. yeah. Quickly, <laughs> we got through a lot of it. Now that now that we know kind of the difference between, and I really like I take a lot of notes, and one of the biggest ones is that healthy is flexible. A flexible nervous system is a healthy flex, is a healthy nervous system how do what are the tools how do we practice this how can we how can we start to do this especially as our listeners are probably overachievers of some variety and they're starting to resonate with like oh shit okay yeah that sounds like me how do we actually practice nervous system regulation
1: yeah so there's like so, actually so many kind of directions you can go with this like on one hand there's a lot of these like great techniques that I'm sure your listeners, like a lot of them are already doing, right? Like um, tapping or breathing or movement. Like these are all really great tools to use. So we could talk about the tools and we can come back to that maybe. Mm -hmm. But I also think another component of it that's not as talked about or seen as like separate, but I think there's like a very strong connection is also just like taking care of your health on a really foundational level, I think helps our bodies be in equilibrium to have a little bit of like that safety, right? Because your nervous system it looks in three places for these cues of safety and danger. It looks in your environment, in your relationship, but also within your body, you know? And so we need our bodies to be in a, they don't need to be perfect health. There's no such thing, but like just prioritizing, taking care of our bodies, like prioritizing, good sleep, prioritizing, not skipping meals, um, drinking enough water, not drinking too much caffeine, which kind of could trigger the nervous system. Like these really basic things that I think entrepreneurs forget and like Becoming an entrepreneur, I realize how easy it is to forget that. Like before, I would never skip a meal, (laughs) ever. And now I'm like, no, I need to remind myself. Like it's wild to me because I was never that kind of person. But you get into this little bubble and you're so passionate about what you do. So I just want to say like to me, that's one component of it. Like just really foundational. Like can we, those basic things. If we're not sleeping, if we're not eating, all these other things, they're going to be Band-Aids and they're barely going to work. Do you know what I mean? Because they're so, it's so foundational. Your sleep and your mental health, eating, blood sugar, like all these things are so foundational. Um, I think sometimes people forget and just like want the techniques.
0: I love that call out. Like I personally love that fucking call out because I am, I've never been good at, like necessarily taking care of the foundation because i'm like if i can just do this it's gonna come then and i very much have learned in the last few years that that's not the fucking case at all but it kind of reminded me of like going back to your story you didn't all of a sudden come upon nervous system regulation or breath work or any of the tools you very much went the like wellness, health, getting your life in order from that perspective, and then found through all the rabbit holes, oh, this actually has much more to do with it. And it connects in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's like, I didn't know it was nervous system regulation, mm-hmm. but it actually was regulating my nervous system, right? Like I started by exercising. And I'm like, oh, I have so much clarity, right? Because movement was helping get all that mobilizing energy stuck in my body out. So I was becoming a little bit more ventral or, you know, eating a little bit better to support uh, my body or yeah. Like all these things I was actually, I'm sleeping more, drinking more water. These things all actually helped regulate my nervous system. I just didn't have the words for it. Um, So, yeah. And I mean, it's funny because it's a call out to myself as well. Like every time (laughs) I am stressed, I'm like, Oh, I wonder why the techniques aren't working today. It's like, Oh, because I didn't get enough sleep and I Mm -hmm. skipped two meals and my blood sugar is all over the place. And like, of course, I don't feel great. Do you know what I mean? A little breathing is going to help, but that's like a band aid on a much deeper issue right now. Like, I need to go get some sleep and get some food and drink some water.
0: One of the things that, again, connected on Instagram, um, one of the things I love, and this is something you said at the very beginning of finding that support system you will actually post that your partner brings you food to make sure that you eat during the day. So I just want to like kind of call attention to that because my husband does the same. He's like, you have the same water glass from 9 o'clock this morning and I filled it for you so I know you didn't go to the kitchen and fill it yourself. I think with what you're talking about of taking care of the foundational pieces – not only is it obviously like you said going to actually make a bigger impact than the band-aids, but they're easier to fit in. Like it's a lot quicker and easier for us to go to the kitchen or to go to the market or something and get a bottle of water than to go learn how to do EFT tapping or do this 45-minute breathwork session. Like go drinking totally. ounces of water and it's going to help you a little bit.
1: Yeah, like, exactly. And it's not like, those things are great. And I love those things. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that's the things I focus on often. But it's like, we need the foundational things in place. Do you know what I mean? Like, the simple things are often the most effective, and if we're not doing those. And like, exactly. And and also, you're right, like, about, like, my husband, um, which is where the support peaks comes in as well. You know, that's another part of regulating the nervous system. So there's this health piece that we're kind of talking about, right? Like, just, how supporting your body to be in equilibrium and to function optimally is going to really help. Um, there's also the support component of it, right? Because we, you know, a lot of times we only talk about self-regulation, meaning things I can do to regulate myself, but as human beings, we need co-regulation. We can't just self-regulate. We need other people's nervous systems to support us. It's like co-regulation is kind of like borrowing someone else's nervous system to help yours kind of regulate. Um, for a minute, which is why things like coaching or mentors or therapists, like that's part of the reason. They're just a co regulation that's happening. Um, so, support is so important and having that co regulation, not feeling like you have to do it all alone and only self regulate. Because if you're only self regulating, that's actually also not healthy. Um, so, yeah, there's that support piece as well. And then there is all the techniques. Mm -hmm. of okay how do you kind of build a little bit more flexibility i think like one is like something we spoke about which is like even just having awareness of your nervous system and of these states and acknowledging them and understanding them instead of trying to like fight against them i actually think is also just an action step in and of itself Um, getting good at noticing when you're dysregulated that's an action step um another one in this is kind of like, we can go so many directions with this, but I think it's important to say now that they understand, like everyone listening understands the basics of kind of nerve, the nervous system is that the tools we use need to be appropriate to which survival state we're in. Ooh. Okay. So did you ever try to meditate when you were in that, like, dorsal shut down, launch didn't go well, what am I doing with my life kind of state. Yes, and it failed miserably. <laughs> it's it failed miserably, right? Yeah. It probably awful. You might have noticed that you become more disassociated, more withdrawn, mm-hmm. maybe the like it, it gets more intense. Um, that's because it wasn't really appropriate to the state. Okay. So when we're in a sympathetic state, like too much mobilizing energy, that's kind of If you think, if you now understand that it's too much mobilizing energy, the way out of it is give your body a way to release the energy. Your body's still primitive. It thinks there's a tiger. Make your body think you're running from the tiger. Okay. Give your body a way to release that energy, Um, which is why in those states, we always want to think, what's a safe release of energy? Is it like cleaning? For a lot of people, it's cleaning and it works. Mm -hmm. Um, Myself, it might be going for a walk, movement. Um, breath work could be that certain types of breath work that like move that energy, right? It could be standing up and like jumping and shaking, literally jumping and shaking your body and dancing helps move that energy out. Um, so that's in sympathetic, but in dorsal, because we're really out of our bodies, we're really withdrawn, disassociated. If we wanted to move out of that, we want to kind of think about tools that bring a gentle return to energy. So something really small, something that's not overwhelming, and something that brings you back into the body. Okay. So it could be simple, like getting up, placing your hands on your body, taking a deep breath. Things are a little bit maybe more like mindfulness practices, feeling your feet on the ground, um, really gentle movement, those kind of things. Does that make sense? It
0: does, and I really like that you that you brought that up because. I'm actually not going to have us go into a lot of like the tools because I want, I really want to leave it at the, the foundational pieces. I think that's more impact. I don't want to say that's more impactful, but I think that that's a, a really good starting point. Um, but I know that a lot of people, myself included are like, okay, sure. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to do all of this, but like, also can I, can I have one of the tools? So I'm like blanking on the word but being able to categorize it into what you said with the appropriate source or the appropriate tool I think is not something that I ever would have thought of as a non non expert in this field so I think that that's really important to like emphasize that there are appropriate and less appropriate tools for each of the stages
1: yeah exactly and I, I agree with you I think sometimes just like giving tools um it's not as helpful because it there mm-hmm. it needs to be a little bit more customized and like by the way what is a tool I think it's not only these like very specific practices it could be like getting up and stretching it could be like standing up and moving your body taking a deep breath like it doesn't have to be these like very complex things mm-hmm. that you have to like learn and train it um, if that makes sense
0: it does and i i really liked because i was going to ask you i was like mm, i don't know what a gentle not too big thing would Ooh. be but the mindfulness of just getting in touch with your body getting in touch with your senses and being like okay i may not be able if we go all the way down the rabbit hole i may not be able to get up and get a shower today but maybe i can go rinse my face
1: and that's a That's a really great example of exactly what I meant when I said like very gentle return to energy. Don't overwhelm your system. I think a lot of people, when they're in that state, they're like, okay, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to take a shower. And that actually makes them feel more dorsal because they're already barely like keeping it together. And so what you said, I think is, is so brilliant. It's like, can I take an action? Not like, it's not, don't change your mindset. That's another thing. Like don't try to change your mindset in these states. It's more about like taking small actions that kind of bring you back into the body. So like, yeah, maybe I can get up and wash my face. Like cold water could stimulate your vagus nerve, right? Or like those simple things, taking a deep, changing your posture, going to a different room. Like those are the, exactly the gentle practices, stepping outside, Um yeah, I, I do leave it a little vague for people in the beginning because I almost want them to explore these like really small things and discover that they already have some resources at their disposal. They already have some things. They're like, oh, yeah, when I step outside, I do feel better. Or when I get up and get my, make myself a cup of tea, that does actually help me. Like not to underestimate the power of those that they already have.
0: I think that's where the expert comes in and also like coach Masha is like, I'm not giving you the exact step-by-step plan. I am helping you find your own strengths and you figure out the way your own self is going to move forward.
1: Yeah, I think it is. It's funny that you say that because I guess it is. And that is a little bit my approach of like, I want you to understand your nervous system and discover these things and like feel empowered in that and not feel like you need to, rely on me or anyone else it's great to learn the tools I and mean, we could totally talk about like another time like breathing practices and and all these other things um and I think there's just a lot of value just like, even getting to know your nervous system and not fighting against it but like almost trying to understand it and befriend it and, like take these little steps towards supporting it
0: I think also being a huge nerd the so many takeaways but one of the things you said of when you were in the survival states non-survival parts of your body shut down even just having that understanding of you lose the executive functioning which so many of us i identify as like in overachieving we are highly highly successful with that executive functioning but realizing that if we're not allowing ourselves to have a flexible, healthy nervous system, we're not actually performing the way that we want to be, even if it feels like we're overachieving. I think that alone helps us kind of put it into perspective of, well, shit. <laughs> that's actually, okay, like, let me shift my paradigm on that one, because that's a whole different ballgame. game. Yeah.
1: That's a big one. That was a big one for me of like accessing. And like, again, when I started coming out of that survival state, like always in high degree, I'm like discovering these other parts of myself that maybe are a little bit more creative and a little less linear and like, Oh, this wasn't really accessible then. Um, and yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of us do function relatively well, mm-hmm. relatively that like you might compare yourself to the person next to you and you're like, well, I'm still crushing it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still so much sharper and I, Yes, but it's it's more about relative to yourself, right? And relative to what you're capable of, this is still a fraction of it. I have gone
0: my whole life. I'm 33. I've gone the majority of my life thinking I'm not creative, I'm not artistic, I am logical, and I am really good at analysis and all this stuff. And would I ever be able to like sell a piece of artwork for lots of money? Probably not. But when I started to open up more, very much like you said, not necessarily having the words to describe that this is becoming aware or things like that, I like, you and I were on a call earlier this morning and I literally was drawing away because I like had this thing come through and I was like, I need to draw this out. You lose so much of who you are at a soul level when you're so focused. Yeah. And you said it earlier about like having the blinders on and being very tunnel view. It's just, yeah. Like, Holy
1: cow. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great point. And I like resonate with that completely. Like I never thought of myself as creative. I never thought of myself who could do anything outside of like a very logical mathematical mm-hmm. field. Um, so it shocks me to this day. And I think you're so right. Never really like thought of it that way, but it is because now that I'm more, Regulated, and more connected to myself. I have access to all these parts of myself, and like another way to think about that ventral vagal state, it's a state of safety. It's a state of connection, and that connection Ooh. isn't just to other people; it's to ourselves, and, and even to higher power if if that's in your belief system. So it's really like more than just, oh, I'm I feel safe, I feel calm, it's, I feel connected to myself and others. And again, like thinking back, I think I was very disconnected from myself because I was in this like overachieving, sympathetic, like keep doing, don't slow down, always be better than everyone. state. I I like just want to hug you so
0: much right now because I'm like, I fucking feel it. I feel all of this.
1: You get it. No, I can tell. Like we, it's so funny. You said it at the beginning. It's like, we have such similar stories that I'm like, Yeah. You're so right. That's exactly
0: it. There's so much more to all of this. And I know that I had messaged you, I think a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I want to know more about nervous system regulation. What do I do? And you very politely gave me like, I think two different book examples and a couple of things to look at. And it really is just going back to... I don't. I don't want to simplify this, but I think a big piece of what I'm hearing is going back to the foundations, taking care of yourself as a fully robust human being, and being aware that you get to choose.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I. I think actually sometimes the like the overgeneralization is helpful. That it's much bigger than just the nervous system. Because sometimes I think when you start talking about the nervous system, people see it as like this very narrow thing. Mm-hmm. But it's actually much, like, and I guess the way I see it, it's much broader than that. Um, and I think you actually summed that up really beautifully. So as we like start to wrap this up,
0: we have covered the three states with the ladder and the polybagel theory and really what a, a dysregulated versus a regulated, talked briefly about a couple of tools, but really, again, it's about the foundations, people. It's not about the band-aids. Um, is there anything else you, (laughs) for, for anyone listening, I get, when I'm trying to make a point, I get really close to my microphone and (laughs) not laughing at me for (laughs) this. Love that. (laughs) The joys of seeing it happen in video form. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to include in this conversation that you don't think we either covered or you want to emphasize?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I actually think it's, we covered it because you just said it. Maybe I could just add on to it. Like, I think that last point you were making is that this is more than just understand your nervous system and, and the ladders and the steps. It's about understanding yourself and like building a relationship with yourself. And that is kind of how I see, I love the nervous system, but I think it's a tool for building a deeper relationship with yourself and understanding yourself on a deeper level. Um, and something like recently I was, I was walking and thinking about is, um, you know, I think especially like in the spiritual world, we talk a lot about having self-awareness and how important that is. And it is. And I just feel like, but until you understand your nervous system, you're kind of like missing a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. You don't fully understand yourself. And there's many more pieces to the puzzle. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is one piece of like really understanding yourself and actually learning to have like compassion for yourself. Like, why do I do the things I do? Right. Because a lot of, again, what I think the nervous system, like understanding the nervous system adds to our understanding of ourselves is there's a lot of things we do and we don't fully understand why. And it's actually our survival instinct. And like procrastination is a good example Mm -hmm. why do I procrastinate I love this you know and I think sometimes people like well if you wanted it bad enough you would do it Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. no that's that's not true right and like you might not understand that about yourself and if you don't understand that you might jump to the conclusion of I'm just a lazy person I'm a bad person I don't want it bad enough and that's not self-awareness that's actually just not recognizing that there's this other piece that's playing into this or like if you're moving towards a goal and all of a sudden you start to you know feel shut down or you're struggling and then again a lot of people are like well it must mean I'm not I don't want it bad enough or it must mean that something is wrong. If if it was right for me it would just flow and all of that nonsense. It's like, well no actually when you step outside of your comfort zone and your nervous system will get activated and it will literally try to like almost fight against you which could feel like self-sabotage. And again if you don't understand the nervous system at all just have a basic Understand it. You don't need to fully understand it, but if you don't have even the basic understanding of it, you might really misinterpret that and think it's something wrong with you and think you're broken. And maybe the way for me to kind of sum all that up is what I love about understanding the nervous system and why I make it so foundational in my work. Even though you know I call myself a nervous system and breathwork coach, but that's really one part of what I do. I'm always like trying to rename it something else, but. The reason that I make this like a foundational part of my work is because I think when you understand it, you can understand that you're not broken. You can understand that a lot of the things that you do that you don't understand or want to change about yourself are not broken parts of you. They're actually really brilliant survival strategies that you developed because of pain, because of trauma, because of lived experiences, and your nervous system's brilliant. It's customized to that lived experience, uh, but it's not something broken about you. And I think that's what polyvagal theory really brought into my life and why I like to make it such a foundational part of of my work. Fuck.
0: (laughs) You, again, continue to just like hit. There were so many days and times, and this is a training episode, so I'm not going to obviously get into all of it, but there are so many days and times where I'm just like, it's me. There is something so fundamentally broken, literally the word broken, I'm so glad that you used that and that's how you described it because I know, one, I know I'm not the only one to have that had that feeling and also you were talking about it as being building a relationship with yourself and being, uh, you called the third state a state of connection, yes, to source, to others, but most importantly it's a connection to yourself um yeah I don't know what to call you but I wouldn't ever pigeonhole you even though I totally did with naming this episode and (laughs) you. but I would never pigeonhole you as I'm just like I don't know she's like an activator of self-worth I don't fucking know man (laughs) I like that (laughs) you're a self-worth coach and activator (laughs) I love that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, so many nuggets. So many nuggets of goodness. So much science explained in a way that makes sense. And I know that we didn't necessarily give a lot of examples that were like, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, but I think, again, this is foundational through humans. So I liked all of the examples that came up and I think that entrepreneurs listening are going to be able to take those nuggets and be like, okay, my tiger in this is actually trying to get my freaking form to fit in Kajabi and have it load correctly. Like, You're amazing, (laughs) Masha. I am so beyond grateful that you were here. Thank you so much. That was absolutely amazing. They, everybody listening, You have to individually go out and connect with Masha because she's fucking fabulous and share her with everyone else in your life, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether you like like them a little bit or a lot of it, introduce them to Masha K because she's that amazing. Tell us more, Masha, how people can get more of your energy, how they can connect with you and just have more of you in their lives.
1: Yeah, Well, thank you. And yeah, to connect with me, probably the best way is on Instagram. So my Instagram is Masha K, K-A-Y. I'm also now on TikTok. So you can connect with me there where I'm Coach Masha K, again, K-A-Y. And yeah, please DM me if you have any questions. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to DM me. We could talk about complimentary consultation to get to know you. I'm always available yeah I'm excited to get to know you guys and just thank you so so much for having me this was so much fun truly from the bottom of my heart I so enjoyed this I needed this today
0: (laughs) oh my goodness I will have all of Masha's connection points in the show notes uh website handles all of that kind of stuff but seriously go get this woman in your life because she's amazing Alrighty, so there we have it for this week's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. It has been my pleasure being here with you today. If you've got any questions of any sort, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger or submit a form through my website, ChrissyMellinger.com, and I will get back to you personally. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe, follow, and submit a review so I can make sure that the good stuff keeps on coming. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Enjoy your day.